In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. The Quorum The cold of the mountaintop faded quickly. Oh, how sweet it was to be both awake and free. Tessatura marveled at the feeling of warmth that surrounded her as her physical self melted into motes of magic, and her essence sank into the cold hardness of the purple crystal. How long had it been since she had been entombed? She would likely need to consult the stars for that, to sing to them and be sung too, so they could tell her the story of their journeys since she had last looked on them. Or, Varda forbid, she could ask Antiphon and Trinity. No, that was unkind. They were both powerful and awake, and that should endear them to her regardless of their past differences. The true bards of harmony and of disharmony might have clashing short-term goals, but ultimately they all sought the same thing, the restoration of magic. Had she still retained her throat in her current form, she would have exhaled deeply in what would be, at the same time, a resigned sigh, and a means of focusing her thoughts. It was dangerous to tread the roads of magic with a divided mind. She felt it odd to think of such things in her current incorporeal state. She didn't travel like this often, even in the old days. But when she resorted to the magic roads, it was amazing how quickly the material world began to feel faint and distant. But here she stood once more, after untold years. The pulsing road under her had a life all its own, and Tessitura's head hummed with a strengthening music. She had heard it in her sleep, growing stronger as the two pillars had risen in the last few weeks. She'd even known when the first two pillars rose. They called to her like a voice from another room, and it cut through the dream dark of her sleep. Only with her guardian's defeat was her curse broken, and as the snow had shuddered under the giant's collapse, she had stirred at last. As the uncertain light of the snowstorm outside blurred through the pillar's frosty surface, and the pulsing light surrounded her, a thought struck her, and she paused hesitantly. The purple-white path glowed warmly under her, but where was she headed? There was something she should be off to do, but what? The fog of her mind was clearing with increasing speed, but still it was not safe. She needed to focus still more. And so she began to sing. The path of this hidden roadway tinkled with the ancient melody, the notes that had formed the very world. Without all the pillars ascended, they were still weak in their fragmented state, so Tessitura bent her mind to the task, feeling the phrases tumble uncertainly about her, picking her moment to join her voice to the music. Then, with a burst of warmth, she began to sing, matching her voice to the melody that kept the path alight. Her rich alto voice shaped her thoughts into notes and stitched together the pillar's song. As her song brought stability, she was swept along floating and following the path. For long seconds and short hours, she traveled through the wispy, snow-laden clouds. Outside the invisible tunnel of the magic road, the echoes of her harmony spilled into the physical world, tangling briefly with the breeze until with a whirl, 
Feathers spiraled into existence and a joyous flock of swooping red-winged blackbirds sprang suddenly into being. The newborn flock dove and twitched in unison to escape the snowstorm, then plunged out of sight, winging its way northward. Tessatura felt the creative impulse pull on her magic, but refused to let it disrupt her song. After some time along this road of magic, the music softened, and Tessatura knew she was where she needed to be. With a final run of descending triplet notes, she finished her part and stepped forth from the tunnel. The air parted, and she stepped from the humming light of the road and back into the warm sunlight of a glen. The bard shivered with delight. She had arrived at the best possible place, a place where the lines of several magic roads crossed. The ground underfoot was mossy, and as her sandal sank into the soft green, she saw with delight the large ring of mushrooms that marked this as a meeting place of roads. This was a familiar place, even after all her extended imprisonment atop the pillar. This was where she must be. And now that she was here, she knew she could not proceed without Antiphon and Trinity. She raised her hand, and from the moss-covered ground, eight stone seats rose. She chose one, and as she sat, the chair's surface sank in certain places, to form engraved vines so detailed they almost appeared alive. Her arms rested on those of the seat, and closing her eyes, she hummed quietly. A shimmer of power rolled out of the glen and rippled with great speed in all directions. Far away, Antiphon's head cocked and he frowned. Threnody, nestled into his arms, felt his scowl and glanced upward. What? What is it? she said. She has summoned us. Us! That didn't take long now, did it? He sneered the last bit, but a note of respect had crept into his voice. She has used the hymn of creation. We are obliged. Trinity sighed. Yeah, I know, I hear it too, you know. Well, it was nice traveling again while we could. I really needed to stretch my legs a bit after all that time in the box. Her tone changed slightly. The weaklings couldn't have taken a bit longer to awaken her, could they? She rolled her eyes, but less obviously than was her custom, as though she felt aware of being watched by someone more powerful than herself. Her voice now held only the lightest tinge of annoyance. Well, let's get going. Antiphon swung about, altering his course to where the music was strongest. How long Tessitura sat in her seat, she couldn't say. The song had a funny way of hiding time. And then she was no longer alone. Her gold-tinged eyelids fluttered open and she breathed in the rich smells of the glen, the new life of budding trees, the cold spray of the nearby stream, the warm tingle of sun-warmed grass. Antiphon and Trinity sat in their own chairs at distant points of the mushroom ring, each about fifty feet away from the other. No one spoke at first. They sat and stared, content to feel the natural song of life continue around them. Then Antiphon spoke. Well, shall we begin? It appears we have much to discuss. 
Tessitura smiled patiently and nodded as Threnody picked at the arm of her chair, peeling moss away to reveal the stone beneath. We do indeed, Brother Bard. We must prepare for the rest to join us, now that the restoration is underway. Let us add our voices to the song, and may Varda grant his blessing to those who labor to make it so. Trinity sat up, for once dropping her studied nonchalance, and in a low voice added, And in Dantis, you can't have one without the other. Tessitura's smile slipped slightly, but she nodded. Indeed, it is only a matter of time before the others are awakened, but only if we help the Chosen Ones in their task. There is much ahead of them, and they are only mortal, after all. She began to sing sweetly, pulling into the richness of her voice the beauty of the place. Trinity sat forward and at syncopated intervals added supporting thoughts that grew around the building harmony like briars. And then came Antiphon's dry baritone, whirling about the tune with the grace and power of a whirlwind to bind it all together. As they sang, weaving their separate thoughts into a cohesive, if thin, whole, the empowered tones rose from the secluded glen, rising into the air. <laughs>